Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. Oh, the beauty of live TV and having yeah. the flu. You forget to bring things on. Welcome, everyone, <laughs> to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We're presented by Belly Up Sports in association, in association with Godzilla Media. My name is Ryan McCarthy. I'm one of the hosts. And to my right is a man who's going to be putting on the Ritz later, Dustin Henry. Dustin, how are we doing today? Definitely putting it on the Ritz. Uh, my dance moves, I can beat that Frankenstein. Now... <laughs> I'm doing all right. I am finally, you know, I feel bad because I feel like I'm finally coming out of the woods with what I had. And now you're playing hurt. But just remember, everybody, yeah, everybody in the comments and everybody that watches and every, we care about you. We love having you here for the show. And we're going to play hurt always. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Gary Carter said it best uh, after a game in 19, during the 1986 season when the Mets won the World Series. He says some. You got to play through pain. And that's what exactly what we're doing, what both Dustin and I are doing. I have the flu. Dustin, I'm pretty sure, had the flu himself. But we're pushing through. Oh, yeah. We're pushing through on a Saturday morning. We're making it We're making it work, and we're ex- excited to talk sports. And hopefully you can get some rest after this, sir. Absolutely. That's what I'm going <laughs> to do. Snowman joins us from uh, Indiana. Says, hey, hey, welcome. And Sapna already with the sports ball coming. Sports ball. There we go. Uh, I can't do as enthusiastically as I usually do, but <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Before we go on with what we're going to talk about today, we're going to, we're going to remind you about our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It's at NoCredsREQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ, YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsREQ. Just want to remind you, regardless of how sick we are, we want you to like, comment, share, and subscribe to all of our social media channels which are right down here below on the podcast side, subscribe to the podcast on a myriad of podcast networks, including Apple podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, the soon to be departed Google play, wherever you podcast rate and review a five-star rating would be very, very helpful. And if you're on a pod, and if you're on a platform where you can preview, where you can review, excuse me, 
go ahead and review. We might even read it on the air. And because this is a live show, we want you to engage the comments. We've got comments coming in already from a myriad of people. Uh, but yeah, we want your comments. And you know, I, I want to hear the sound because I know it's going to make me feel better. So oh, yes. that magical, magical sound. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a live program. We want you to engage with us. Engage with the show. We want your comments. We want you to engage with us. And uh, uh, just be smart about your comments. Don't say anything stupid or you're getting the yank. You're getting the yank. We'll, we'll play that gong and uh, you'll be escorted. You'll be escorted from the grounds, my friend. Yeah, you'll be gone. The gone gong. Yes, the gone <laughs> gong. Like the gong show back in the day. Yeah. All right. We're going to get to this weekend. Uh, we're going to try to keep it relatively abridged because my voice is struggling right now and Dustin's yeah. is still Dustin's still recovering from what he had last week. We're going to start with the NFL Conference Championships. The first game in the docket, Kansas City Chiefs at the Baltimore Ravens, the 3 o'clock game on Sunday. Dustin, let's get to your thoughts about this game. What are you, what are you looking at in this game? I am, uh, I got to be honest, I am rooting for the Birds. Nothing against the Chiefs, but I would like to see the Ravens advance. Um, I have waxed poetic at various times throughout the year on this very show about my apologies to Lamar Jackson. And I don't care what that one lady said. He's quarterbacky enough for me. Um, but <laughs> I really, I am concerned because the chiefs, they seem to be finding their groove finally after kind of having a season of ups and downs. And the key has been Steve Spagnuolo's defense because when their offense sputters, which it, which it has done. It's not the efficient unit that it's been in the past um, this year by their standards. Steve Spagnuolo and his defense has been able to right the right the ship. You know, they seem to get a timely sack by Chris Jones when they need it, um, and they and they and they seem to be able to shut teams down when they need to stop them. Um, but I I the this should be a good game. Because I, and this is going off the top of the dome, it's a live show, so I could be wrong, but I believe Lamar Jackson is 3-1 and one against one Patrick Mahomes when you put them head-to-head. -head. Uh, so he's one of the few quarterbacks that has a quote-unquote winning record against one Patrick Mahomes. Um, but either way, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Will the Ravens be able to run on the Chiefs as they have? Will the Chiefs defense be able to contain and keep Lamar in the pocket? And will the Ravens defense continue their unbelievable run and prove how they how good they are? And will they be able to discombobulate the Chiefs and um, and stop Patrick Mahomes? Because he let's not forget not only can he do it with his arm, he can also move around in the pocket and create plays and keep them going. He's not quite the athlete, I would say, by my eye that Lamar is, but he's close enough. You know, he can certainly move around. He certainly got some speed. And um, will Travis Kelsey continue to be the safety valve that he's been for Patrick Mahomes when he needs a big catch? Over the years, and you got to hope for the Chiefs that their drops, their receiver drops, don't rear their ugly head. Uh, that was a big reason why they were able to advance last week. You didn't get some of the drops that the Chiefs receivers had been uh, had been doing. And um, I'm just really excited for this game, especially because – 
you got to figure as a special teams coach uh, background, John Harbaugh is going to shore up the special teams, which was really the only weakness that the Ravens showed against the Texans. And um, I just have a feeling it's going to be a good one. And as I've said before, Baltimore finally has what could be considered a number one receiver in Zay Flowers. And I think that's right. I said it. I think Odell is the number two there. But that's a that's a great wide receiver tandem. You can say what you want about Odell, um, but he's he's looked good at points this year, and at points he's taken over games a little bit. And um, Zay Flowers looks to be the real deal. I, I I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. This is going to be look. I I I joke around and I say Lamar Jackson save us. Please save us from the Swifties, uh, the Beehive. <laughs> The band of orcs, they're all the same people. Um, <laughs> I joke around. I, I said that jokingly, sorta. Um, but a matter of, I mean, it's, this is a this is a, all four games. These both these games this this weekend are going to be great games. I think mm-hmm. um, Baltimore has, you know, I gotta apologize to Baltimore too because I didn't talk enough about them this year. I didn't talk about enough about them. They're they've been so quietly dominant this year. That I just have to say I'm sorry as well. I, I'm sorry for sleeping on the Baltimore Ravens as well. Uh, but you also have to give credit to the Kansas City Chiefs for being for hanging around for so long. Uh, they've been championship quality for the last probably what seven years, seven yeah. years. Been to yeah. six consecutive conference championships. I mean, they're they're this they are they are. I dare to say a they, they're the they're the Patriots of this decade. And yeah, you want to hate them. You want to hate on him. You want to hate on him for the success. You want to hate on him because, because of Patrick Mahomes. You especially want to hate on him this year because of what what uh, because uh, Travis Kelsey is. I wouldn't say he's been a distraction, but he's been he's now America's spokesperson for just about everything from from insurance to credit cards to shot to vaccinations. You name it, but. The fact of the matter is, it's going to be it's going to come down to what Baltimore's offense can do against Kansas City's defense, like you said, Dustin. And the Bills, for some reason, last week abandoned the run in the fourth quarter. What I don't know why they did that, but Baltimore, the Ravens don't do that. The Ravens like to go on these long marches. They did this last week against Houston. They go on these long marches and they grind their opponent's defense down to absolute pulp. And that's what Baltimore did last week. And I think it's very possible we can see the same result. Well, we have a 10-10 tie going into halftime. And then Baltimore goes on these long drives and essentially steals the game and punches their ticket to Las Vegas. The one player I'm, I'm keeping an eye on is Mark Andrews. I want to see if he's going to yeah. be active for this game. There's rumors that he could be he could be medically cleared to play after suffering that ankle injury back in November, which effectively should have ended his season, but you know, modern the marvels of modern technology. Oh, he's back. Yeah, it's <laughs> modern, amazing. Modern medicine, he's back. You know, so uh, I'm looking to see if he's going to be returning to the lineup. Um you got two dynamic quarterbacks in Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. They're going to be dueling head to head. And this could be, you know, 
we we're hoping that this would be the rivalry for the last couple seasons, but unfortunately Baltimore has been inconsistent. They've had injuries to deal with. Last year they had a lot of injuries to deal with. This year they've been relatively healthy, with the exception of Mark Andrews going down in November. So going into this game, also we talk about health. Kansas City has a myriad has a line of injuries. Yeah, that's going to affect them, and we could see the return of one Kadarius Tony to the lineup. I don't know if Icy. that's a net positive for the Chiefs. I don't know. <laughs> no shade against Kadarius Tony, but I really don't know if that's a net positive. But I think you hit on one thing that was that was aptly said in there because I think that you you mentioned that the Ravens can grind out drives. Yeah, that's not the Chiefs' style this year. The Chiefs, you know, they score quickly and they respond. But the difference with Baltimore this year is I think they can do both. If they fall behind early to the Chiefs, they have enough firepower to respond in kind and score quickly, but they can also grind it out. Um, yeah. So that's that's another dimension where I might give Baltimore – the slight edge. However, if Isaiah Pacheco keeps running the way that he's been running, he's going to be tough to stop as well. Um, but uh, Baltimore's defense, I think, is going to be up to the task. I do not disagree with you. I'm going. I'm actually going looking up the injury report right now for the Kansas City Chiefs to find out what's going to be who's going to be in the lineup on Sunday. And according to the injury report. Derek Noddy's out. Sky Moore, out. Uh, Mike Edwards, questionable. Isaiah Pacheco, questionable. Oh. He's playing. Yeah. Uh, Willie Gay uh, did not practice on Friday. So that could be uh, a concern. Joe Tooney, he's out. Wow. He was a pectoral injury. So yeah, this Kansas City Chiefs lineup, I mean, they went to the wall last week against the Buffalo Bills. I think... I think it might have cost them, but you know, hey, we play the game for a reason. We play the oh, games yeah. for a reason, and the Baltimore Chiefs are where they are because because they just they just are they just they 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 just are, uh, and you know I I just yeah this is gonna be a good game. This is gonna be a great game. I think I think what'll happen is that I think we'll have we'll see, we'll see a repeat of last week. Baltimore and Kansas City they'll be clashing. They'll have the tie at halftime. Going in the third quarter, I think Kansas, I think Baltimore will be ahead. Then they'll have a long drive to just basically end things for Kansas City. That's that's how I see it going. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rice Radamus could be correct. We don't really know. <laughs> this is this is this is this is this is Rice Radamus with uh, some cold and flu medicine and some limited amounts of coffee and some hot tea. But yeah, yeah, and and the halls of medicine. There we go. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But Hey, hey! Baltimore hasn't been in the hasn't been to the pinnacle in a while, and I think I think they're due. Mm-hmm. I think I think they are due. Yeah, yeah, but I can't wait to watch either way. I can't wait to watch either way, and I think I think we should also. It, it is probably time to dive into the next game as well, because this game, I'm very concerned about. I'm very concerned, and again, I'll be showing bias. But I'll let you lead off with this one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Detroit Lions at the San Francisco 49ers. We had our, 
our guy Snowman uh, chicken with us saying, Bang Bang Niner Gang. Because <laughs> we know he's a big, devoted, he's, he's a very devoted San Francisco 49ers fan, has been since 1981, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so over 40 years, long dedicated fan. This is going to be another interesting matchup because uh, I don't know what Debo Samuel's status is. Yeah. He's been questionable all week. He hasn't practiced. He's Adam Schefter. Guess he's a 50-50, even though he doesn't have a medical degree. He's a journalism degree, <laughs> not a medical degree. So I would are, say he's got a 50-50 shot of playing per sources. No. Yeah. He's got the same degree as Dr. Nick. Hi, everybody. Hi, yeah, if I was if I was fully well, I would do my Dr. Nick Riviera impersonation because I think it's I think it's a good one. So uh, maybe we'll put a pin in that, and I'll have to do that when I recover. But uh, the respected institution that is Hollywood Upstairs Medical College. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh man, the neck bones connect to the wristwatch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Debo Samuel questionable for Sunday. I think it's going to be. I think this will affect the 49ers in a big way if he doesn't play. Now, I guess they said that the injury is not the same as it was a few months ago when he had that shoulder injury where he literally broke his shoulder. I mean, that's oh. a painful injury. I've yeah. I've dealt with shoulder issues before. I dealt with neck upper, like lower neck. It's not fun. Yeah. It's not fun. And Detroit is pretty much fully healthy. Uh, They're one guy. I'm trying to remember his name. He's a guard. Uh, I'll look up the injury report. But he was playing all sorts of hurt last week. And the guy had like an ankle injury, a toe injury, a knee injury. And he still kept playing. Yeah. He still kept playing. He stayed in the game. And it's insane that these guys dedicate the, the amount of dedication for these guys mm-hmm. um is just it is unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Um Simlaport is playing. Alex Anzalone, he's playing. Uh Frank Ragnow. Frank Ragnow. Ankle oh. injury stat. He did not practice Wednesday, did not practice Thursday, full practice Friday. He's he's playing. <laughs> and this this is what he has listed as his injuries. Ankle, toe, knee, back. Oh, man. So basically just his whole lower body is not doing well. And part of his no. upper body, depending on where the where it is in the back. If it were if it were the Detroit Red Wings, they'd be called a, be called a, uh, a lower body injury. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always wondered back what, in the day. What's, um, what's, effect, what's affecting him? His entire lower body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. I always wondered back in the day why they, uh, why they didn't specify where the injury was in hockey. But then I was like, yeah, they got sticks. They got skates. Yeah. They probably shouldn't. (laughs) Somebody out there just club somebody in the stick with a knee. How's that feel? (laughs) Or club somebody in the knee with the stick. I reverse that club somebody with a knee right in the stick. (laughs) Okay. So I want to clarify Debo Samuel was full practice was did not practice oh. on Wednesday. Limited practice Thursday. Full practice Friday. Wow. Uh, he's yeah. So I think he's he's playing. He's playing. I don't know. I, but, yeah, but with a with a with a broken 
with a quote unquote broken shoulder, will he be able to do some of what he usually does? I doubt they're going to run him much, but who knows? He'll probably no. just get a cortisone shot and say, here we go. It's, you know, it's one game or go home. So I'm yeah. Shoot it. me up. Yeah. Shoot me up. Yeah. He'll be like Lawrence Taylor and, uh, in uh, any given Sunday in the locker room with the doctor with the conscience saying, come on, put the needle in me. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Shoot me up. I need that. But I think the big the big uh, matchup in this game will be uh, San Francisco's wide receivers versus Detroit's secondary. Yeah. Detroit's secondary hasn't been great, I would say. They, they did... They did okay against Tampa Bay last week. They had a miserable game against Los Angeles a couple weeks ago against the Rams. Yeah. And, but I mean, they bailed themselves out. Actually, I should say Aiden Hutchinson bailed them out. But that's another matchup I'm looking for. I'm looking at is the 49ers offensive line versus Detroit's defensive line to see how they're going to limit, how they're going to limit Aiden Hutchinson in this game. Um, I think this will be a close matchup. I think this will be a closer matchup than the spread uh, indicates. Um, from looking at the spread, because we don't really do this, we don't really do spreads on this pro- on our show. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, not our because bag. we don't really do sports, but it's not our bag because we're not <laughs> degenerate gamblers. Uh, the spread is seven. San Francisco's favored by seven. I mean, three of those points is because they're at home, so it's a closer spread than I think it's indicated. But Dustin, over. To, I'm gonna give this over to you. What What's your thoughts on this game? What are you looking forward to? What's your What's your What are you looking out for on uh, during for this game? Well, this one, this one too. Okay, and I have to admit it up front. And I'm sorry, Snowman. It's no shade to your teams. No shade at all. But I'm rooting for the Detroit Lions. I would love to see them make it to the Super Bowl. The run that they've had, and the and the things that those fans have been through. Uh, and and finally winning their first playoff game since 1991. I am hoping that Detroit is able to pull this out, but I am very concerned just because I know firsthand how good the Niners are. The Niners, you and you gotta figure the Niners defense is going to be motivated after after almost getting taken down by Green Bay. The Niners' defense and offense, the entire team, is going to be extremely motivated to show everyone who they are. Uh, I have a feeling the running game is going to be huge for both teams in this game because yeah. David Montgomery and and uh, and Jameer Gibbs have both been sensational for Detroit. They've kind of done a nice a nice variation of attacks. And then when you get to the Niners, all you have to say is they have the touchdown machine that has been Christian McCaffrey this season. And let's not forget, as you pointed out, they <clears throat> they have some running backs that can fill in should Christian McCaffrey need a, a rest. So the running game is going to be big because I think I would give, might be an unpopular opinion, but with the year that he's had, I would give the Detroit Lions the short edge at quarterback. I think Jared Goff has played better than Brock Purdy has this season. No disrespect to Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has also played very well, but I think where the 49ers still have the advantage, the Lions have weapons. They have weapons on offense. 
but I would still give the edge to the 49ers uh, on, especially with Debo playing, um, even if they use him as a decoy uh, for some plays, given his injury status, he's still someone you have to account for. And like yeah. I said, don't forget about uh, George Kittle because people say, okay, we're going to shut down the Niners receivers. Then, then they're going to start throwing to Kittle and then you're going to have some problems because people forget mm. how good he can be. It's just that he's kind of forgotten in this 49ers offense to a degree because there's so many mouths to feed. Um, but Sam Laporta, he's kind of – he's become crucial for Detroit. I'm glad to hear that he's playing because if he was not playing, this would be a much more uh, uphill um, climb for them. But I am – you hit the nail on the head, I think. I think the whether Detroit's secondary can actually contain Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and Kittle and McCaffrey catching the ball out of the backfield at yeah. all. Yeah. That's going to be the big that's going to be the big um uh matchup and also I will be looking at Dan Campbell has done an amazing job. Amazing job. But again, I think I give the slight edge to Kyle Shanahan. Um, and regarding the coaching matchup, you know, Kyle Shanahan can adjust. We've seen him do it. Um, so Aaron Glenn is going to have to be creative to scheme up this Detroit defense for, for Kyle Shanahan. Uh, but I am, I think the Niners defense is going to come out teeth gnashing and ready to play because they did not perform up to their standards. Yeah. And I think they're going to be right. looking to shut the Detroit lions down. I hope that this game is close. Um, but, uh, I am having trouble getting a feel for this game. I don't know which no. way it's going to go. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And in, in saying that San Francisco is going to come out and they're going to probably try to punch Detroit in the mouth immediately based on what happened last week, based on the fact that they came out slow. They, and when Debo got hurt, it just seemed like they were lost for a little bit. Yeah. And then they put, and then they, and then they had, they fought through all that adversity to get to a certain point. And then they had that missed field goal, which fortune smiled upon them. Uh, and that moment, the, the missed field goal, then they drove the length of the feet, they drove down the field in, in 12 plays and over six minutes, punched mm -hmm. it in. And their defense took care of, took care of things from, from there on out. I think it's going to be a lot tougher for personally. And yeah, I'm a little biased myself because I want to see Detroit go to the Super Bowl. I, their fans have been through the ringer. They went 0-16 in 2008. Yep, and Dan Campbell was a part of that team. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And to see going from 0-16 to the Super Bowl in a decade and a half would be just the icing on the cake for a team, for a fan base. Look, I have sympathy for for fellow fan bases who are tortured who are who are star-crossed yeah. like the Cleveland in a way in a way like the Cleveland Browns yeah although some although some of their stuff although some of their misgiven some of their stuff has been themselves the franchise shooting itself in the foot like hello Deshaun Watson 240 yeah. million guaranteed but Detroit like th that's an organization I I, ha I have sympathy for because again I come from a fan base that is long suffering. Mm -hmm. So I get it. Um, but I won't be surprised if San Francisco wins this game either. 
All I want out of these two games is good football. That's yeah. all I want. Last, we didn't get it in the wild card round, with the exception of Detroit, Los Angeles. We got it last week in the divisional round. We got good football. Oh, yeah. I want these games to be just good football. That's all I want. All I want. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be a blowout. I don't want it to be a halftime where I'm sitting there and, and one team's down by 24. And I have to turn off the TV and watch something else to, yeah. to fill my time. Yeah, I want both. I want both games to be competitive, to be thrilling throughout, and I just want to be awake enough to witness both <laughs> endings. Um, <laughs> but it's going to be. But I think it's both these games are going to be great games, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for football. I am ready for some football, Hank Williams. If you're uh-huh. asking. That's right. <laughs> Before we get to our first commercial break, we're going to take a quick trip to the uh, comment section. Snowman says, more sports ball. <laughs> and uh, Jersey G says, so Taylor Swift fans are going to be are going to flood Baltimore? I I don't know, but I will say this. I hope Jason Kelsey's there because I want more of that spirit. Yeah. Because <laughs> he is my spirit animal in a way. All right. We're going to take a Short commercial break. We come back. We're gonna dive into some NH. We haven't, we're gonna do something we haven't done in a while, and we, we want to get more into uh, on the Saturday brunch edition of No Crunchers Required. We're gonna talk some NHL and some NBA. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. So stick around for more No Credentials Required. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Invader Coffee. For the coffee lover who wants good quality coffee with no bullshit and no filler. Invader Coffee is an ultra-premium, veteran-owned coffee company proudly delivering only the best coffee your hard-earned money can buy. They aim to only serve the highest quality organic air-roasted coffee beans sourced from free trade farms all over the world. They keep things simple, the best coffee at an affordable price in order to provide you with the value you deserve for your morning boost. 100% fair trade, 100% organic coffee beans, 100% air-roasted, 100% money-back guarantee. Visit invadercoffee.com, enter promo code BELLYUP at checkout, and receive 15% off your order. It's the only coffee that goes in this mug is Invader Coffee. <laughs> and last week, I ordered my, I ordered some new, more bags. I got the, uh, got another bag of Bad Santa while supplies last, and I got the Breaking Case of Emergency. I haven't broken into them yet because I'm still working on the bag that Dustin gave me from our Battle of the Bryans contest. Well, let's do something again for the baseball season. Another absolutely. another battle. <laughs> what's we'll we'll like to do a, like the Battle of the Sotos or something? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. For, we'll yeah. figure it out off air. But yes, Invader Coffee, Fuel for the Fearless. Get yourself a bag. Link in the description for our affiliate link. Also use promo code BELLYUP at checkout for 15% off your order. And again, you might pay a little bit extra for shipping, but it's well worth it. You get it in a matter of days, not week, not a week, not 10 days. You get it in a matter of days. Yeah. And I ordered my bags on Friday. They shipped here. They were here by Monday. They were here by Monday afternoon. That's how much Invader Coffee loves you. And listen, they're veteran owned. Do you hate veterans? Do you hate your country? Of course you don't. Get yourself some Invader Coffee. Visit the link in the description. Code belly up at checkout, 15% off your order. I know, Dustin, you love yourself some Invader coffee. I see you sipping on it. 
or you're sipping some tea. I don't know what you're sipping on this morning, but yeah, I'm sipping uh, full disclosure. I'm sipping on, uh, on, uh, like a, a, another type of hot beverage to try to kick this thing for once and for all. Yeah. Um, but normally on, on weekends and during the week, sometimes through the magic of the, of the K cups that they have, they do have two varieties in K cups. I will be sipping on invader coffee. Some of my favorite blends, um, I like the bad Santa as well. I myself have a bag. I can't wait to dip into. I've got the bourbon bacon blend. That one's good. That one's a slow burn though. That one's going to last mm. me a while. Cause I'll be drinking yep. that, you know, as a special treat every once in a while. And then I got donut dealer. I, I, I want it to be back in stock. It's one of my favorite. Um, and I do like the OG blend. And I also ordered a bag of the Breaking Case of Emergency blend. You've said good things about that. I can't wait to uh, try that one. So, yes, uh, they have many different kinds of coffee. They have medium, light, dark roast for every kind of palate. And they really come up with some interesting blends. And as Ryan said, it gets to you fast. And every product I've had from them, I have enjoyed immensely yeah so visit the link in the description uh whether on the youtube side or the facebook side or on the podcast side visit our affiliate link because you help the show when you visit when you visit and purchase from the affiliate link and you get 15 percent off your order with promo code belly up at checkout so before we dive into the nhl and the nba um as i mentioned before in our in our warm up, I say warm up, but in the, uh, in the, uh, in, in the, when our, in our greeting, in our opener, I asked who wore, who's wearing their hair better. Is it Dustin Henry or is it Maurice the Rocket Richard? And I had the commercial from Grecian Hair Dye from the 1970s. So I'll go ahead and play that commercial. Oh, man. When it comes to feeling young, a lot of it's up here. Three years ago, Maurice Richard said goodbye, gray hair. Hello, Grecian Formula 16. It was so easy, remember? Grecian is as easy to use as water. It's for any color hair. The change was so gradual and looked so natural, no one even noticed. Today, I still leave a touch of gray. My wife likes it. Hey, Richard, two minutes for looking so good. Look as young as you feel with Grecian Formula 16. <laughs> oh, man. I do kind of have that look going. Uh, the, the the salad, as Scott Van Pelt sometimes calls it, is getting a little long up top, so it's getting it's getting hard for me to manage. So uh, this is the result of being unable to wrangle my hair this morning, and it, and it looks like I have uh, Brill Cream in my hair. I think I have to give the edge to Maurice. <laughs> rest in rest in peace, Maurice Richard, the Rocket, the Rocket. It, and it's just hilarious how his accent comes out. It's like, yeah, my wife say I look so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, today I leave a touch of gray. The wife like it. <laughs> hey, Richard, two minutes for looking so good. <laughs> well, I like the part where he's like, it's so easy to use. Remember, and then it just cuts to somebody else being like, it. You, it, you use it like water. You know. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of hockey, we're talking about your Edmonton Oilers, Dustin. They're on a 15-game heater. Yeah, I I didn't. Let's, let's talk about let's talk about a little bit more. What's your what's I don't know if there's a secret, but what's your as a fan? 
does this get you excited or is this uh just a temporary thing well it's a little bit of both okay because because i have i have been on these on these airwaves and i've expressed to you privately over a few adult beverages that the mm -hmm. oilers are i am worried about connor mcdavid and the window that they have with connor mcdavid because uh the the one year they get to the western conference finals and they just get swept out by the avalanche uh it was like a, a drubbing and then a few years ago they they took i think it was a i'm going off memory so i'm going to be wrong probably but i think it was a seven game series against the ducks i can't remember but they kings. got oh the kings that's what it was yeah and they got and they got bounced and they weren't supposed to they were favored in that series uh they were not supposed to lose that um, and it just seems like the, the, the Oilers can't get over the hump when they get into the playoffs. They've been able, now we are, thankfully we are far removed from some of the dog years after that 2006 magical run it was not a good run for the Oilers, but I was very skeptical because the Oilers started out the, the season on quite a skid, so much of a skid that their coach got fired. And there were a lot of Oiler fans that felt, why'd you fire the coach? He's not the problem. The goaltending is the problem. But something worked because I and I think I think the real secret is Connor McDavid got healthy, you know, fully healthy. Um, but the coaching change obviously did something because they are on a heck of a roll right now. The goaltending has shored up to some degree. But I have to admit, the pessimist in me is worried. I would have rather they'd be doing this right before the playoffs or like, you know, because to me, I don't want them this hot at this time because the pessimist in me is saying they're going to cool off and then they're going to mm -hmm. scuffle, you know, and it's just I am worried about that if I'm honest. Yeah, actually, I, I did some real time research because that's what we do in this program. And you were right. Uh, in, in 2017, they were bounced by the Anaheim Ducks in the second round of the playoffs. Okay, yeah. Uh, so yeah. you were right. So that's that's one for Dustin. All right, um, there we go. Hey, there you go. Yeah, I, I thought about this yesterday. I'm going, all right, Edmonton's on a 15-game heater. And we look at it this way. The Stanley Cup is not won on winning streaks during the regular season. No. The Stanley Cup is won in the playoffs. And it has been a very long time since the Edmonton Oilers won a Stanley Cup. I believe it was 1990 they won their last Stanley Cup. I believe you are and, right. And it was 1993 since it's been since it's been since 1993 that a Canadian team, a Canadian based team, has won a Stanley Cup. So I think, yeah, I mean, Connor Drake David's playing well. Everything seems to be working for the Edmonton Oilers. Now, I want to say this though, in his for history, for history's purpose, for posterity's sake. The longest winning streak in the NHL in NHL history was 17 games by the 1992-1993 Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm -hmm. They did not win the Stanley Cup that year. Yeah, That's and they were considered my by, and they were they were considered by many to be one of the the greatest teams in NHL history up to the playoffs. Up to the playoffs, they they they. Rolled through my New Jersey Devils in six in five games. Then they met the island, the New York Islanders in the second round, who nobody thought was going to go to the playoffs that year. And they were upset on an overtime goal by I believe it was Ray Ferraro. Oh man. 
seven of the of the uh of the what was then the uh Wales Conference semifinals. So it was a, and then there was a Patrick Division uh, final. So, you know, and then Islanders met Montreal and the Eastern in the uh, Wales Conference final. Got bounced in five. Montreal won the Stanley Cup in five games against Los Angeles. But, oh yeah, that was a great team too. Mario Lemieux in his prime, Yarmer Yager in his prime. Very similar, very similar. Uh, yeah, well, to Connor McDavid and. and- Beyond Dreisaitl, yeah. And and Connor McDavid, you know, being kind of a modern day Lemieux, leading far and away leading the NHL in points, and Leon Dreisaitl being that really great complementary piece to McDavid, similar to Amar Lemieux, and Yarmi Yager being a great complementary piece to uh to Lemieux or to, to McDavid. But yeah, it's interesting the parallels. They have two more games. And it's right before and we're coming up right to the All-Star break. I believe it's All-Star break is next weekend. Yeah. And we're coming up against it. And I believe, let's see what let's see what the, the schedule is tonight. Let me see what Edmonton's going to be playing. They're they're playing Nashville at 4 p.m. Eastern. So unfortunately oh. it's not going to be. I mean, you can probably listen to it on any on the NHL app because the, the great thing about the NHL app. And I'll say this about the NHL and how they're marketing their game. If you can't watch it on TV, like if you don't have the league pass or the center ice package, yeah, you listen to every game for free on the NHL app. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I got to start doing that because honestly, I miss too many Oiler games. The only time I catch them is when they're playing a New York team most times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have NHL Network, so every once in a while I'll catch like a random Hockey Night in Canada game. But right. even then, and I hate to admit it because I was always a night owl, but by the time the Oiler games get on, I, I'm I'm usually, you know, getting ready to doze off or something, you know, especially yeah. during the week. So I don't see as much Oiler hockey as I once did. Shout out mm-hmm. to our man, uh, P. Schmitty, who sometimes watches – um, he had the Where are you center- Come on. <laughs> yeah, he, he, uh, he had the center ice package in high school. So we did watch, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a diehard Pens fan. So we, oh. we watched a lot of Pens games, a lot of Oiler games, but, uh, I don't see as much Oiler hockey as I once did. Yeah. So this will actually be the Edmonton's last game before the all-star break. And yes, the all-star game is next Saturday at 3 PM. They'll be in Toronto. And they're kind of switching things up again uh, with the with the All Star format, in that there are there are four different teams. And hey, look at that! Speak of the devil. Oh, there he is! There he is! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the center ice back in high school, man. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I guess it's a different format this year. They're not going to do. Uh, they're going to do the three on three mini games again. Uh, but instead of uh, instead of the divisions, going to be it's going to be like uh, players being captains and then selecting their own teammates, like they did in the past with different teams. So I think one of them's one of them's Team McKinnon, Nathan, Nathan McKinnon from Colorado. One's Connor McDavid, uh, Team McDavid. One is Team Hughes with uh, Luke and Jack Hughes. Unfortunately, he's on IR retroactive to January fifth, which is when I went to see his game. 
yes. And I'm trying to remember his la- the last player. I think it's I think it's uh, Austin Matthews is the last captain. So I'll look it up. But it's an interesting format uh, for the All Star Game this year, uh, as opposed to as opposed to having the divisions play each other in mini games. They're going to have captains. Uh, they're going to have team captains or their individual players have their own draft like they had back in the day. They'll have mini games from there and decide who the winner is. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's the tonight. Today is Edmonton's last game before they go on the all-star break. And unfortunately it's not on NHL network. Uh, they're showing Boston at Philadelphia instead. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> hey, I gotta say, Philadelphia. To their credit, Philadelphia is having a good year this year. They're they're currently in third place in the Metro Division. So, uh, but yeah, that's uh, you know, got Dustin's opinion about the Edmonton Oilers, his team. Uh, my opinion about the New Jersey Devils is that they need to get some goaltending. They also need to get healthy very quick, or else their prospects for the Stanley Cup are going to be out the window. Although, although we do need to mention one other team that's on a heater. This one other team that's currently on a heater. But they're a local team. Oh, yes. The Adirondack Thunder have won 12 games in a row. Oh, man. That Glens Falls Civic Center, that'd be rocking. <laughs> and if I look at the standings right now, um, if I look at the ECHL, they're actually in town tonight. They won again last night. They're playing the Trois-Rivières Lions tonight at 7 p.m. And if I look at the standings for the ECHL currently, I'm going to see they're currently tied for first place in the Eastern Conference with the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. <laughs> who <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> who I believe are the Carolina Hurricanes ECHL affiliate. Oh, okay. Um and they're tied for the league lead because in, in second place right now in the league standings are the Kansas City Mavericks in the Western Conference with 58 points. So I run like 12 wins in a row. Uh, they're on a heater as well. And yeah. folks, we, we, we've said it on this program. We'll say it again. If you're watching locally in the 518, go support your local teams. They deserve yeah. every bit of your attention, every much as every bit of attention as much as the professional teams nationally uh, and nationally do go support your local teams. Yeah. Yeah. Do 100%. It. 100%. And uh, you know what? I, I, I keep, I haven't been to a thunder game and that's something I think I'm going to have to remedy. Um, I used to go to the devil's games when they were here uh, before that, as thanks again to Schmitty, we went to a lot of river rats games during some of the lean years. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. could, I, I, you could say something and you knew they heard it on the ice. You knew. <laughs> yeah. Cavernous. The MVP arena yeah. was the, yeah. the river rats. My goodness. Yeah. All right. We're going to conclude this show talking about the NBA. I know we don't talk about the NBA that much on this program. I, uh, I think the last time we talked about it was Thanksgiving. But yeah. This week, Dustin, this week, we had four, not one, not two, not three, four, four 60-plus point scorers in the NBA. We had Joel Embiid score 70 on Tuesday. Tuesday, I think. On the same night, Carl Anthony Towns for Minnesota in a loss scored yeah, 62. 160. 
Oh, 62, yeah. 62. Last night, from your Dallas Mavericks, mm-hmm. Luka Doncic scored 73? 74. 74. 70, he's the most he's he's now uh fourth fourth highest uh point total in a game. Kobe in 2006 and Wilt Wilt had I think 70 Oh, I can't remember. I should have I should have retaken a picture of the graphic, but still um Kobe Bryant Kobe Bryant had 81. Rest in yeah, peace. In unfortunately, we lost him, unfortunately we lost him 4 years ago to that tragic uh, helicopter crash. Yeah. Um it's terrible. But, yeah, uh, but Kobe's still the highest since, you know, nobody's nobody's beaten that. But uh, Luca's 74 is the highest point total in a game since one Kobe Bean Bryant did the 81 uh, point performance back in 2006. Yeah. Um, and and also uh, in a loss to the Indiana Pacers, Devin Booker for the Phoenix Suns had 60, 62, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Think so, because uh, Carl Anthony Towns either had sixty or sixty-two, and Booker either had sixty or sixty-two. I can't remember, but it was one of them. You know, they they all scored sixty points or over, which is ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, um, you know, it, it's yep, nice. Devin Booker, had, Devin Booker had sixty-two. Yeah. Okay. So um, this is. I'm just going to speak on this quickly because one of the the principal players is one Luka Doncic. Everybody knows that I'm in the tank for Luka. One of my favorite clips in the history of the show is the clip that you cut out of me ranting when you asked me to torch the Mavs. And I brought 1995's WWF into my analogy. If you want to see how it happened, go to our YouTube channel and check it out. But that is the last time that I talked about Luka Doncic. Uh, extensively on this show. But the night before this one, there was a fan that Luca had ejected. I think it's a little sensitive. They were in Phoenix, and the fan told Luca to get his uh, a fat rear end. Uh, he, I'll censor it. A fat rear end on the treadmill. And uh, I guess Luca took that personally because not only did he have the fan ejected, which I think – I was like, Luca, that's a little soft, you know. He I, pulled, I don't... he pulled a LeBron James. Uh, yeah, I was like, that's a little. Uh... But he came out and he ripped, he ripped the Atlanta Hawks for seventy-four points. But uh, I'll be interested to see how he, because uh, even in the press conference after I watched a little bit, and uh, they they said, how do you feel about doing this? And he was very genuflective to Kobe, you know talking about how how great it was to be up there with Kobe and Wilt and some of the names that are on that list. Uh, I can't remember the other one, but he's a, he's a Warriors player, uh, I believe. Um, it's Wilt, Kobe, Luca, and another another person who I should remember. Uh, but he he said, David I got Robinson? less. What? David Robinson? Uh, no, it is not David Robinson. It's, um, oh, geez. I do not know. I'll have to. I'll have to look that up during another. You know, maybe if if we'll we'll look it up while we're discussing something. But I'm looking right now. <laughs> but Luca, he said, I got 24 hours until the next game. Uh, less than 24 hours until the next game, so I got to recover. I got a feeling Luca might be a little gassed tonight. They might they might want to rest him a bit. Yeah. Uh, but and and it's. 
amazing to see Carl Anthony Towns, who Carl Anthony Towns, we all know he has faith in himself, but some people, you know, when he said, I'm one of the best centers in the NBA, I'm, I'm one of the best in the NBA. He said that he said that a couple of years ago, if memory serves and people laughed at him, but uh, you know, he can be a force and this Minnesota Timberwolves team. I mean, they're, they're, they're playing well this year. Um, but I kind of had different thoughts. You know, you got you got Joel Embiid, great, you know, great player. He scores, he scores uh uh what was it, 70 points in a he loss? Scored 70 against no, he, he, they won that game against oh, the they Spurs. Won. They it won was, that. It, it was uh it was Carl Anthony Towns scoring yes. 62 that he had there they lost. Yes, so Carl Anthony Towns scores 62 in a loss. Devin Booker last night scored 62 in a loss. loss. And I'm just thinking to myself, where is the defense in these games for both of the teams? Because, because, you know, usually if a player goes off for even 40 points, the, the other team is blown out. That's usually what happens. But I looked at these scores, and that's not what happened. And the Pacers team, the Pacers team that Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns played was shorthanded. They got they had some injuries, and they and the Pacers still won the game in spite of a sixty-two point performance by Devin Booker. So on the one end, I'm thinking to myself, hats off to Devin Booker, um, you know, for a great performance. Hats off to Luca for a a great performance. Hats off to Carl Anthony Towns for a great performance, and hats off mm. to Joel Embiid. But two of those players lost, and I and I haven't looked up the scores of the other games. I only know the 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 scores from. Yeah, I I, I the scores and the seventy sixers won too. Yeah, they did win, but I only know the scores from um you know the Mavericks game. And the Suns game, because those are the two that happened last night. But even, the, you yeah. know, the Mavs won that game, but it wasn't it wasn't like they blew the Hawks out. The Hawks were close. So I'm just yeah. like, what the heck is the state of defense in the NBA? Is this the All-Star game? Is this where we no, are now? It's it. Well, I'm surprised that the All-Star game hasn't reached 200 points. Yeah. I said, I said that we'll get, we're going to get to a point where we're going to get to, to a point where the All-Star game will be like 200 and five to 200. That's how much defense. I, I think defense is devalued in this league. Now I'll give full credit to the, and the, the Knicks, the New York Knicks who played, uh, who played the Denver nuggets a couple nights ago. And they only held them to, I think 89 points. Uh, let me look up Thursday night, Thursday night. Yep. Sorry. 84. They won by almost 40. They won by 38. 122 to 84. So at least the Knicks are playing some defense. But uh, with the Timberwolves, they they beat they beat Brooklyn on fr- on Thursday, 96 to 94. That's either because it was that I, I I mean, it could go either way in the NBA this in this modern era, where the emphasis is on better shooting than it is on defense, than it is on driving to the hoop, than it is on overall fundamental play. But something's, something's got to give. I mean, I, I think part of it all also, because look at it. Look at the parallel with the NFL, too. The more that the league has made it more of an offensive league, has made it for the offense, like you'll see a lot more penalties 
a lot more penalties on the defense these days than in the past. Mm-hmm. The NBA has done the same thing. They banned hand, they banned the hand they banned hand the hand check. I think it was the hand the hand check. Yeah. Which allowed a lot more freedom offensively. But you also gotta give credit too. The players are a lot more athletic mm-hmm. than back in the day, with the exception of a, probably a handful like Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman. Like a, a lot of those guys were I wouldn't say I mean they were athletic, but not as spe- I guess we could say not as specialized. As back in the day, uh, I mean, think about it this way: fifty years ago, fifty years ago, guys were playing for not a whole lot of money, but they had they had jobs in the off season. Guys had jobs in the off season. And now you're at the point where you don't you're getting paid so much money that you don't need to have a second job. Yep, you're getting money thrown at you, whether it be by the teams you play for or endorsements you get or or other things outside like movies and rap videos and whatnot you can specialize you're allowed to specialize so i think with the nba having it the way it is it's not i don't think it's not because they're playing so much not so much the defensive thing like they're not all defense but i think just players are so they're getting so much money now that they're they're allowed to work on their game more and specialize. Yes. Like you see uh Steph Curry launching threes and making threes, and you see a lot of these guys focus on their shooting, focus on their athletic ability. You know, as much as I dislike LeBron James for being the, the player that he is in terms of the personality that he is, I can admire his athletic ability because he works on it constantly, constantly. And he probably does with the Russell Wilson thing. I don't know. If, I don't know if Russ, he has a poop app like Russell Wilson does, <laughs> um, but he probably spends at least a million dollars on his personal physical development every single year because he plays in eighty-two games. I mean, say for the say for the what the, what are they called? Not the maintenance days, but the uh, uh, the rest day or something oh, the like rest that. Day. The, the but like oh I'm, oh I'm going. Oh, I'm going to Charlotte. No, I'm not load going to stay That's what it is. Load, load management. management. Yeah, load management. That's stupid. Yeah. It's like, oh, 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 I'm going to Charlotte. No, I'm not going to play in this game. Oh, I'm not, oh, I'm going to, we're going to Detroit. No, I'm I'm not going to play this game. Like, come on. Come yeah. on, guys. Yeah. And I will I will say that part of it too is a, from watching old documents. Oh, by the way. 73 was Luca's total. You were right. I gave him one extra point. For some reason, I was confident it was 74. 73. And the other player I was trying to think of because there's a there's tied for uh 73 points. Will Chamberlain 73 points. Will Chamberlain 73 points again. Luka Doncic, there he is. But uh David Thompson of the Denver Nuggets is the mm. other the other player I was thinking of there. Yeah, we we've, uh, we've had we've this year this season we've had five instances where players have scored sixty or more points in a game, yeah. and four of them were this week. Yeah, and and uh, I will say from watching some of the older documentaries and hearing current players talk, um, you know, back in the day when you were flying to an NBA game, like those those uh, those Celtics teams and Laker teams. They were the first two to start to get like facilities and and uh, and and actual 
actual transportation team jets to and from the games. But, you know, prior to like the MJ era bowls and things like that, you're flying commercial airliners back and forth between the game. Yeah. And for tall, for tall people, like the majority of the NBA players are those, those planes aren't made for them, you know, and now they're um, made for normies like us. Yes. And part of the reason also, as you're saying, the, the athletes have more time to focus on, um, on their their conditioning and all these things but also they have the facilities each team has facilities that would rival any you know any gym and a lot of these a lot of these players have have uh have the money to put uh facilities in their own homes that are better than gyms you know so they they can do a lot of these things but uh the 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 comfortability, the overall comfortability of the players is also something that has improved greatly over the NBA's time. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. All right, we're going to wrap things up for this edition of the Saturday Brunch on No Credentials Required. Thank you for joining us. If you've been watching live or you're going to watch on replay, whether it be on the No Credentials Required channel or on Rumble or on the Belly Up Sports YouTube channel, we appreciate you. We want you to invite you to our to follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, it's at NoCredsREQ, Facebook.com forward slash at NoCredsREQ, forward slash NoCredsREQ, YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsREQ. And as always, please like, comment, share, <coughs> and subscribe on the podcast side. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you podcast, rate and review. Give us a five star review. And also, if you're on a platform where you can review it, Please leave a review. We might even read it on the air. Thank you for joining us on this edition of No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Uh, we are presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. Both Dustin and I have been playing relatively hurt the last couple of weeks, so we're going to rest <laughs> up for next for Tuesday's edition, and we'll see you then at 8 o'clock Eastern on Tuesday night. So until then, enjoy the sports. Good morning, everybody.